iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Please welcome our moderator for tonight from IndieWire, Eugene Hernandez, and the director of Precious, Lee Daniels. Let's hear it from him. Hello to the folks here at the Apple Store Soho, and also to those who are listening in on this podcast on iTunes. Lee, welcome. Thank you. I was just thinking today that we're almost a year ago to the day when this film debuted at Sundance. It was that Friday, that first Friday of the festival, which would have been like, like two days from now or something like that, Sundance a year ago. I wanted to ask you to think back to a year ago. Where were you, where were you with the film a year ago and where were you sort of mentally? I think we were like a year to the day when you screened in Harlem, actually. I was thinner. <laughs> Your hair was... I was hair, more hair. And uh, I was... Uh, I was unsure. I was uncertain. I was uncertain. What were you thinking those that right before... You showed it in Harlem before Sundance to sort of get a sense of the movie and how it might play. Tell me about that and then tell me about sort of how you felt the first few days before you showed it... My glasses. To, before you um, showed it the first time at Sundance. I showed it at Sundance. Well, I showed it in Harlem first. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted a response from an audience that was African-American. I wanted, because I, I knew they were going out there and I said, okay, if these people don't like it, oh God, you know, I want to I wanna know that uh, my family and that my friends and, and that people that this, that the actual, the, that the DNA of the film was structured on uh, and about was would, would respond. So I showed it on 125th at the Magic Johnson Theater to 300 African Americans, and it was a. <laughs> that, <laughs> tell me, tell me, I want to. This is this is leads it's to a couple just, other questions. Because it's tell me crazy, a little bit more you know. About you can't night. show you cannot show this movie to black folks because it's not like at a a, a screening at, um, at Sundance. You know, it's this very vocal and very. Scre- and laughing at inappropriate places, and it's real. What did you learn from that experience before showing it at Sundance, before showing it? And you have to understand, this film did not have distribution. Lee had made this movie. There was no distribution. They got into Sundance, and they were going to be showing it on the first Friday of the festival, which is the prime night to sell your movie. They were going to be showing it for the first time to the entire distribution community, hoping to sell it, and you ultimately did, obviously. Right. But tell me about what you learned about your movie showing it a few days before that in Harlem and how you felt after It was showing pretty it. explosive. It was explosive. It was a different... I knew that I was onto something. Uh, I knew that... I didn't know... I knew I was onto something, but I didn't know that the studios would buy into what I believed that I was on to because I knew I was in the room. And, you know, you can't... And that's not like a... That's not a festival audience. That's they were real people, uh, and uh, but sometimes that don't translate to studios and how to market a movie. So I was un- I was uncertain. What were you most concerned about at that point? Getting, not going to DVD. Yeah, because I thought I was going to go to DVD. I don't I don't you really think thought that, that I knew that that was going to be the case. Straight to DVD. Yeah. Even with Mariah Carey and. Yeah. Monique and- mm-hmm. But I thought it'd be a kick-ass DVD. I just didn't know for sure. Because the powers to be... We were in a very difficult... I'm curious to find out how uh, this uh, 
Sundance is going to be, how the marketplace is. And so I really didn't believe that we were going to, I didn't think we were going to sell. I, yeah. I mean, and now obviously we're going to get back to Sundance and what happened there, but obviously we flash forward to a year, a year later. You're headed out to the Golden Globes like tomorrow, I imagine. You're going to be out in California. The film is nominated for three Golden Globes. Lee, we've got to give him a hand, was just nominated for a DGA Award, <laughs> Directors Guild of America, Best Director, 2009. That, I mean, we don't need to get into this, but I mean, that doesn't happen <laughs> every day. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredible journey that you've had this past year. Mm -hmm. So before we talk a little bit more about the movie and, and, and making the movie, I'm just... I'm just curious to hear about, you know, and I've checked in with you a few times over the course of the past year. Lovingly so. I'm just curious to hear where, what you've learned over the past year, what, you've, what your sort of takeaway, and you know, you're, I know you're still in the middle of it. You're going to go, you know, it's the red carpet this weekend. But wh what are you... Well, Mr. Hughes, I think Mr. Hughes is in the audience, who was here earlier, and, uh, and a friend of mine, uh, Jason Reitman, who's, he's saying that I have to embrace it, you know? You have to really embrace it. And I haven't really embraced it. You don't really do that, do you? No, I don't. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And I have to stop and embrace it because I don't know for sure that it will ever come again. And, um, but I have to work. So if I embrace it, then I believe the hype. I, I, there's this, there's this uh, dual sort of thing that I go through. Do I embrace this? Ex am I excited about it? Should I be excited about it? Or... Or um, should I just, uh, should I work? If you work, then you don't think about it. You don't think about the hype. You don't think about the awards. You don't think about, you, you don't get sucked into the vortex of the Academy campaign. You, you, you know what I mean? And if I don't get anything, then my feelings could be hurt. So, you know, this, the, um, the, the press said, you know, no one was going to, see this film. No one was going to, we wouldn't get a sale. And then we got a sale. And they go, well, I don't know how to market the movie, the press. And so um, we found Oprah and Tyler to market the film. How did that come about? How did that happen? <clears throat> you, was that, it was at Sundance. And you, you I remember yeah, somebody, we, tell, I don't know if you, you or somebody told me that, that Oprah. Yeah, I was like, getting was my night. award. I was getting my award. I was getting my award and uh, Oprah Winfrey called me and said, Lee, how can I help you? How can I help you uh, show the world this film? And it, it was, uh, I said, I can't talk, I'm getting an award. She said, well, why are you, ringing your, why are you answering your phone? This is crazy. It's when crazy. she calls you, answer. <laughs> and it didn't say Oprah, it said unknown. Unknown means you got some money or, for my movie or you a movie star, you wanna be in the movie, so. Someone wants your movie. Yeah. So let's break that down for a second. Um, how <laughs> break what down? Money or movie star? No, we'll talk about Oprah. <laughs> Oprah first. I mean, I mean, no, honestly, I mean, I think that her role in this and Tyler's role must have been beyond significant in terms yes. of being able to make the deal with Lionsgate. Tyler has this relationship with Lionsgate. Mm -hmm. um, could it even have been possible, really, without their support? No, I don't think so. I think that everyone was afraid of the film. Yeah. I, yeah. At I Sundance, mean, people were saying, a great movie, great but, movie how but how do, you, do we sell yeah. it? Yeah. And then, and, they were and saying, then they were saying, how do you make, how are they, it's not going to make any money. 
And so you believe what the days say. You know what I mean? They said and then, you couldn't sell it internationally, too. Exactly. And then and you we went through to Berlin. The roof, and through the roof. But the days say, now the days say, oh, they're going to get nominated for all this stuff. And if I've been listening to the days, you know, then, you know what I mean? They could be wrong. So you can't believe the days. So what, is that the lesson on all? Is that the lesson in part that of this? That you don't believe the days, yeah. And you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. They made me question my movie. I, at the end of the day, I loved it. I sat in that room with, with, uh, with that audience, and I felt it. I sat in the center of it, and it was, ex- it was explosive. People were, people, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it almost played like a comedy. It was so real, you know? People related to it so. Um, it still plays a bit like a comedy. Sometimes, for, the, for those of us that are twisted. Uh, How many people here have seen the movie so, so far? Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. Let me ask you, and since folks here have seen the movie, um, and I want to get to some questions from the audience in a moment, but the film has stirred debates about the the portrayal of the black community. Shushy! What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Really, Did it surprise you? No, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I think that um, a few people have said something. I think for the most part... uh, the truth will set you free, and uh, like I'm not going to not look at her again. I'm, I made this movie so I wouldn't ignore Precious, yeah. and um, that's my lesson. I'm going to look at her. I'm going to see her the next time I see her. I'm going to look at her. I'm going to know her next time I see her. So why don't people? Why, why is it that people don't want to look at her? I mean, that, that's part of what is I at the core that, of this debate. It's like yeah. we don't want to say yeah. that this is a depiction of of reality in the mid '80s in Harlem. I think that when people, we aspire to be Obama, I know I do, aspire to, and I want my kids to aspire to be Obama. And in trying to be Obama, we forget about the preciousness of the world and from where we cometh. And I think that uh, that's not, the, you, can't, you cannot do that. You can't have one without the other, you can't talk about one without talking about no, the other. Because, no, because that's where it starts. If yeah. you're not from the ghetto, as an African American, you are a generation away from the ghetto, and if you're not, or two, I know very few, very few uh, uh, African Americans that are born into wealth. How have your kids uh, responded to this past year? The experience. You have two kids. I do. Uh, they're excited. Yeah. I think their kid, the kids in school, are seeing the film. And their teachers are talking about it. Yeah, I think they're happy. How did you talk to them about it when you when you showed it to them the first time? No, I didn't show it to them the first time. They lived it with me. Right. They lived <laughs> it with the editing room, and they they watched dailies with me, and they helped me edit the film. They really do help me edit the film. Let's let's talk about the filmmaking. Let's talk about that scene um, because it brings up uh, so many elements of the story, but it also brings up the power of the performances. Uh, you get a taste of it here, and folks that have seen the movie know. Um, you had to really be a director with these actors in, in the sense of how, determining how far you were going to go or how much you were going to hold back, I would imagine. It was a um, balancing act, yes. Tell me about your thought process as you not only determined how to play out these scenes, how to play them with the actors, but then ultimately how you decided to depict them in the film. You could have left out some of the more intense moments of Monique's performance if you had wanted to, or you could have enhanced them, I suppose. But how did you decide what balance to strike with her? 
character to get to that scene? Uh, there were three different uh, perspectives. Uh, it was really hard in the editing room because there were three different stories to tell. There was Precious's story at the end, um, and she had this long monologue wanting to know how could she do this to me? How could you do this to me, Mom? This is what I think of you. This is what I'm going to do with my life. And it was a, it was a long speech. And then um, Mariah's character, Miss Weiss, represents us. She represents the audience. And she, uh, she um, had the same questions, except from, from the audience's perspective. Every question that we have for Mary, Miss Weiss was asking her. And it was a long speech that she gave. And then Monique gave a speech. Uh, and it was the why. And so it was, uh, I just decided to stay with Mariah, uh, with uh, Monique's character, Miss, uh, Miss Jones, Mary, to, because she sort of it explained it all. It was hard, because each of them gave great, great performances. Uh, so it was sort of, I feel it's a little unbalanced, because Mary's just vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. And we just sort of cut to moments. But I felt that it was important for us to hear uh, Mary's story. Tell me about how you shot it. I mean, I watched that, and it almost reminds me of like a Frederick Wiseman documentary <laughs> in the way that it's, you know, yeah. this like verite, you yeah. know, uh, I forgot the name of his doc, which is about like social workers and like you're literally mm. watching these kinds of scenes play out and they're real and they're mm. shot in a very similar way. Um, tell me about the filmmaking I wanted to feel style. like we were a fly on the wall. Very similarly to how we shot the... Uh, you know that arc, the fight scene with uh, Mary for it kicking the uh, the TV stand over and running upstairs. Sort of like we were there. We were we were almost we were opening a door we shouldn't be in. Was the feeling that I wanted to feel. I wanted everyone to feel that way. Contrasted with these fantasy dream sequences that are so you know over the top, bright color. It, it, you're in Precious's mind. Um, tell me about that dichotomy you were trying to create and also how you decided where to put those moments and what you were, I think I know what you wanted to do with those mm. to break the tension or break the, the moment, but how do you, that's a, it's, a, it's a tough well, the book road is, to walk. It was based on the book, a brilliant book, uh, Push, and uh, by Sapphire. And Sapphire doesn't have uh, these fantasy sequences in them. Uh, I thought that the audience needed to breathe. Uh, and if I had told the story the way the book is, we would have been an X-rated or non-rated film. So I want an audience. So I did. I, I put the dream sequences in, but not just for an audience, uh, but for the audience to breathe too, because we were going through so much, like a punching bag, that we needed to just stop and yeah. I want to get to a couple of questions from the. I have a couple more questions, but I want to give the folks here a chance to ask one, ask one or two questions. Um, so if you do, oh, we have a microphone ahead. and we'll come around to you. Um, so just wait for the microphone, where, so the people on the iTunes podcast can hear you. Tell us your name. Uh, my name is Sharon Toomer, and um, Lee Daniels. Uh, thanks for for making Precious, but um, I I like you. I really do. I've never met you, but I do like you. You're a funny kind of guy. But I'd want to know. I read Sapphire years ago. Um, and I'd like to know, what is it about that book that, um, that made you go after it? And it was written in 87, so when were you introduced to it? Mm -hmm. And what made you want to see it come to life? 
and you're you're pretty you know you you do some uh, you have a, a niche about you you know the woodsman was um a pretty uh, kind of it was a heavy Nichey. film yeah um so what is it about this genre i guess too yeah that, that you know makes you want to tell these stories which i think is great but i just would like to know what makes you want to tell these hard stories right um i got the book i got um ali sheedy's mom is a um is a literary agent and uh i was when i was a pre-monsters ball i uh read the book but she told me I, I, it's it 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 sucked it it it, it literally it, it was like somebody punched me in my stomach when I read it. I was gasping. I couldn't. I didn't know. Like I had never read anything like that before. This was so dope. It just it it, it consumed me, and because um, it was so honest and pure, and um, and I felt her and I cried and I felt similar to how uh, precious was. I mean, I felt that. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, um, I'm not Precious, but I felt very much like Precious as a child. And I knew the world, and I'm from the 80s, you know, and I, all the intricacies of, of the world I, was in my head. And so I, I wanted to bring it to life. She did not want me to have it. She was very clear that she felt that uh, Madonna wanted it, I think she said, and uh, many people wanted it. But she felt that, um, she felt that, if I had made a bad film, that it would be a reflection on her book. And, uh, but I kept stalking her down. And um, she, I think that she got tired of me stalking her, or she realized that uh, if, even if I made a bad movie, it wouldn't reflect on her great piece of literature. So that's why, that's what happened with that. And um, in regards to me and my niche, <laughs> I don't know. I, um, my first movie experience that, that, that really it sort of defines it all was uh, I took, I, I went to see, I stumbled into John Waters' uh, Pink Flamingos. And uh, I was maybe 15 or 14, and I was just, it was, and so I, I, I took my mother and my grandmother to it the day after, Sunday after church. And um, <laughs> I mean, I think it says it all. I, I, I like the boldness, I like the honesty, I like the brazenness, I'm like the, you know, this is not what we expect. And I like that, um, I like that uh, people take chances. Cinema is not, uh, is not, I think that the studios continue to underestimate our intelligence and our hunger and our need and our want for, for topics that, um, that excite us, that titillate us. And uh, I like to do that. Someone did a whole analysis of your, I gotta find this article, because I just saw the headline, it was a blog headline, where they compared a John Waters movie in the way, the characterization of one of the mothers. Shut mother, up. Mother characters in a John Waters movie really? to, to he uh, sent me a Mrs. Letter? Jones. Listen to me, what, say that again? To, to Mrs. Jones in the movie, the mom, you know, the, the, the evil mom. That he compared what now? So someone compared someone compared uh, one of John Waters' mom characters, uh -huh. or maybe it was a divine. Maybe it was divine to Mary. Yeah. It's interesting. He, he sent me a letter, and it was incredible. It was uh, it's up on my wall. Uh, I'm, yeah, it's exciting. Nice. Okay, a question right here, right yeah. in front of you. Hi, Lee. My name is Frederick. How you doing, um, man? So as an aspiring filmmaker, I'm also 
uh, interested in more the technical aspects of your work, such as uh, um, like scheduling and how long did it, how long was production, how long was pre-production, how much film like film stock did you use, and uh, did you uh, did you feel like certain new skills were acquired as a filmmaker? Like, do you feel that you are as like from a technical point of view? Do you feel that you're sort of evolving, or you feel like you kind of pretty much master the um, the technique of like cameras and lighting and like how do you feel as a filmmaker in that sense from mm -hmm. from from the technical point of view? I'm learning every day, um, and that's the beauty of uh, of filmmaking. You know, I uh, I did another movie. I directed another film called Shadow Boxer that I love very much, and. Uh, but I'm the only one. <laughs> you took some punches on that movie. I took some punches. That's okay. It prepared me. It was good. You think it did? Yeah, man. It really it was good for me. Uh, I love it, though. But, it, but um, I, I familiarized myself. I'd already, already, I grew up on sets because I managed actors, and I stayed on sets for most of my, uh, most of my career. I produced films. Uh, I, you know, I lived, breathed, uh, and... Uh, I you mean, know, I was, I, the set is a second home for me. So, um, but technically, I didn't go to film school. So it was about studying some of the great cinematographers, really studying some of the great directors that I've worked with and uh, the cinematographers and production designers. I already had an act, a knack for the actor. I came from stage, you know, I uh, started directing theater before I became a casting director. So I knew the actor intimately, um, and I'm still learning. Does that answer? If you, I don't want to somewhat answer you, yo. I want to answer you. I want to be clear. Right. Maybe share some of the specifics for right. the people who can't hear the question. We, I, where I, you shot, when you shot, how right. you know, what was it on film? With you know, all the kind of specifics yeah. of, of the filmmaking. We shot for. Um, it's difficult because I shut down production. We shot for I, I think ten weeks. I, I I shut down two weeks into it, because I wasn't feeling my crew. And that's the biggest mistake. That was that you know I was forced into a crew that I hadn't uh, worked with before, and I didn't know. Uh, when somebody tells you you got some money to do a movie, you just run and you do the movie. And everybody that I had worked with was gone. So I'm taking these people from New York City, and they didn't give, they didn't care. You know, they, they, they was a job, and they didn't understand me and my and how I think and my thought process. And I don't really think that they cared for Precious. We were shooting a scene. This is when I had to shut it down. And we were shooting a scene on, um, that's not in the film. Precious, yeah, it's in the film. Precious is on a bus. And um, she looks in the mirror, and she looks in the glass, and she sees a white girl, the beautiful white girl. And uh, Precious had been shooting for two weeks. They were really, they were borderlining on disrespectful to me, I felt. Um, and I felt disrespectful to my talent. Uh, and, uh, because once the show, once the train leaves the station, everybody think that it's just going to continue 
until it ends where it's supposed to end. No, I shut it down. Uh, they were disrespectful to Precious. There was a girl, that blonde girl that came on the set uh, and she, the, the crew were tripping over her and they were just like, she was beautiful and it was like the first sort of, uh, in their eyes, beautiful face that they'd seen. And I just, I, I prayed on it and I uh, fired uh, a lot of people that day. <laughs> it took that to, I felt good. I felt really good. And, um, and thank God I had investors and producers that really believed in me and sort of, you know, <laughs> took that hit because it was a hit. I have another question down here in the front row. Hi, um, my name is Yasmina. And earlier you touched on um, the process of uh, working uh, versus sort of the process of being sucked into this vortex of being excited from what you've made. Um, yeah. And I'm just interested, I'm also sort of in the business of making things. And how do you deal with um, being, I mean, do you stop and let it sink in after you've done something or do you just push through? I mean, it's obviously a balancing act, but I guess I'm wondering what your process is like. For work? Yeah. Or for, or for, 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 the, for, the, for this campaign and what I'm doing, right? For, 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 for I'm sorry. For the relationship between, um, you know, f experiencing what you've made and, you know, then moving on and working. And Maybe well, speak to the balances of, ju of that, that balance that you have to strike and how you do that well, as a creative person. But I, also was, I, um, I, I put a wall up uh, so that I'm not, um, so I don't think about, I don't read any uh, reviews. I stay away from the press. So I focus, that protects me. It protects me from um, my having my feelings hurt. Um, but sometimes things happen and I just, you know, you know that, that it makes you, it forces you to deal with uh, the reality. I got the DGA nomination. Oprah called me and was sobbing on the phone. And, um, and it was a very emotional moment. I, it was a very uh, powerful moment for me because it made me stop and really have, I had to stop and sort of like, cause I'm ready to move on. Like, okay, that's nice. Let me, I gotta read this script. I gotta, you know, you know? And so as opposed to, uh, she forced me to really embrace the moment. And it was a very powerful um, moment. Question here in the second row. Uh, hello, my name is Terry Icuso. And I have, well, thank you first for Precious, I'll never be the same. Thank you. It was fabulous like it. and Monique, fantastic. But I wanna ask a little more about adapting book to film. Did um, you consult with Sapphire? Did um, she get, did you talk to her about what you were doing along the way? Was she on set? How does that work? Um, my great, uh, screenwriter Jeffrey Fletcher adapted the book and um, Sapphire really what she released it all I mean she looked at the uh, a couple of uh, passes and she 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 loved it she loved the, she loved the script she was very supportive she came down I was nervous so she came down on set I gave her a role in the film uh, 
she always makes me nervous because it took me nine years to get to the chick, you know? So I'm like, I'm nervous around her. I think she is a genius. Uh, I think she's a genius. And um, so um, she came on the set and, um, and then when she saw the film, she, uh, she cried in my arms and she felt that it was as good as the book and that was the biggest reward uh, that I have had so far. Another question down here in the front. Hey, Brother Lee, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. Jacinto Tarzaritic, uh, actor and screenwriter, uh, also a friend of yours, uh, Keith Perkins. Okay. Yes, yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, to comment to you, I, I really would uh, not employ you not to worry about these the comments about the African American community, because I think that you have presented a film that was so organically truthful. And when you do a film like that, it's not poverty porn, it's not contrived or pretentious. It's, it's, those moments were so real uh, that I think that's a testament to you as a director, how to get those things, that those, those performance, there, were no, there was no lie in the performance. Um, the second part, I want the business aspect. We are told as producers that uh, when you go to Sundance and if you get a good negative pickup deal uh, uh, to take it and not worry about net uh, petition, participation points, uh, I wanted to know, did you get picked up after the Sutton Dance? And what role did Oprah and Tyler, as far as executive producers, do you have to split 2%, 3% as executive producers? Do you have to do anything like that with them? No, they lent yeah. their name to my film. And it was a beautiful thing. They really uh, went up and beyond the call. It, uh, it fills my heart with joy to be associated with both of them because they went out and they rung the bell and they knew that it was a difficult film to market. There was nothing in it for them except to celebrate uh, Precious and to support the film. The question right here in front of you. Hi there. Um, okay. <laughs> my name is Melissa Davis and um, I write for my, I have a website which is basically based on um, plus size lifestyle in New York City. Um, and I just want to say thank you for this movie. It was very uh, important to me and people in my community going to a movie and seeing two beautiful women of color, plus size women of color on screen, um, not in a comedy. Uh, so my question to you is kind of, have you gotten any comments or backlash or uh, suggestions from people as to who maybe the role should have been played by other folks, or I'm sorry? the role—the role should have been played by other other actresses, um, especially considering Gabor was a newcomer and um, Monique is from comedy, basically. Um, basically, how did that come about, and have you gotten any comments about choosing those two people in particular for the lead roles? No, and I don't care what people have to say about my actors because I love them as long as I love them. I love all my movies and I love all my actors. Uh, very much, uh, and they're very close to me. Um, the, what I do get, I don't get criticism for Monique and or Gabby, what I do get from a few people, which makes me scratch my head sometimes, they go, well, how come all the light-skinned people are saviors? Which really makes me like, what? Hmm, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, which uh, makes me scratch my head. Um, and so I have to sit down and break it down that, you know, that uh, Helen Marin was supposed to play uh, Mariah's role. Mariah is a friend of mine. She happened to call. 
three hours after um, Helen fell out and got a real job. Um, and that Lenny Kravitz is my best friend, you know, and that we're working together as uh, on, our another, on another film. And I wanted to show him what it was like to work on my set. And that Paula Patton just reminds me of this lady I had a crush on while I was in high school. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know whether it's subconscious or what, but that, that question sort of Fs me up. I have time for two more questions right over here. Hi, my name is Teresa. Um, How you doing, Teresa? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Thank you for Precious. It was awesome. I've seen it three times. Oh, thank um, you. Bootleg or, or the, on the TV? On no, the, in the theater. I was at the bootleg. I was at the uh, barbershop. <laughs> I got to say, I was at the barbershop, uh, and I, a, a new barbershop, and um, I was sitting. Did I tell you this? I was sitting at this new barbershop that I was across the street from me on, thir uh, on my street, and um, I'm sitting at the far end, full, uh, it's packed. And um, I'm sitting, this guy saying on the up opposite side of me, uh, about eight rows down, eight chairs down, he says, yo, I saw that movie Precious uh, uh, last night. My bootleg was yacked up. And um, I'm, cr I'm cringing, I'm cringing. And then he says, and why I gotta, why do I gotta make a movie about like that fat black girl, you know? And he just went on. And, um, and, I, and everybody's talking about it. And I'm starting to sweat profusely. You're like, hello, and, I'm here right now. And like, you know, as a gay guy, you walking into a black barbershop, you just wanna get in and hit it. You don't wanna like congregate with the testosterone, you know? So I'm like, uh, so I got to talk because I'm the only one not talking. Uh, and I go, well, let me just ask y'all, how many of y'all here uh, paid to see the movie? And who, how many of y'all went to see, got the bootleg? How about every one of them? How about 20 people up in that place said they saw it on the bootleg? I went off. Off. O-F-F. -F, off. And uh, yeah, I had to share that. <laughs> I had to share. She bought tickets, three tickets, right? Anyway, go ahead. Thank you for the three tickets. That's my point. No problem. <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes is the last scene. There are many, <laughs> many, many great parts. I'm just wondering how much, if any, was unscripted? Most of it was scripted. Uh, the only part that wasn't scripted was that the girls inside of the, uh, uh, the girls inside of the uh, Nurse John, when he's in there in the hospital, mm. I, I didn't believe the words that were there. So I said, girls, you gotta help me because I have to laugh. I have to keep laughing. Part of it was, you know, we wanted to not take ourselves so seriously. The minute that we took ourselves seriously, we were doomed. And so I said, everywhere you can, try to make me laugh. And so they made me laugh in that scene. But for the most part, uh, all of it is word for word from the script. I wanted to ask you one quick question before we get to this question. Um, You've spoken to this before, but I, and I think it deserves repeating because your your background, given your background, not only as a producer and manager, but given your history of casting your films, what I'm trying to get to is casting is is, is a is a big part of what you do, the casting process, and sometimes it's unexpected casting, as as we were talking about a minute ago. Um, 
I thought it might be useful for folks in the audience or those listening in to really understand how you think about casting, why, what, you know, it, it's such an important element of film, but in the case of your work, it's such a striking part of your career is the casting choices you've made or been a part of in all of right. your films. Right. I believe completely in going against the grain and taking a chance and rolling the dice and casting the complete unexpected. I think that, you know, you roll the dice and you don't cast the way it's written. You go against the grain. Because it's, 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 uh, it ends up more truthful. And, and, and the actors that is cast in that role will give you his or her soul because they know that they shouldn't be playing that role. And, they, and uh, like Monique knew that she should not, and so she gave me her soul. We became one. Mariah Carey gave me her soul. We became one. Gabby was so appreciative. You know, when you, when you, when you have uh, actors, thespians, that just start thinking, oh, well, what's my motivation? These people, I don't have time for that. Don't give me, I don't wanna hear about your motivation. Just throw the baby. Throw the baby. Don't shave your arms, throw the TV, shut up. Just boom, do it, to me. Uh, and, 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 and so when you, when you are casting in an unconventional, unexpected way, the actor is appreciative of it and they will do whatever you tell them to do. And there's a trust level that's there, for me. The last question down here in the front. Uh, my name is Michael Che, and I'm an actor. And my question to you is this, uh, I think you grew up in Philadelphia, and what was it like growing up in Philly? I'm from Philly to West Philadelphia area, and um, Precious, when I saw the movie, I was so impressed, because that's every day you walk down the street <laughs> in West Philly, or North Philly, you see a you lot of You were depressed? <laughs> I, I was impressed? impressed about the movie. Oh, I thought you I did mean, depressed. It's the first time so far, I've been, going, I've been going to theater, I've been watching movies, Yeah, I felt like I was part of this movie. I felt every every part of the movie. Thank you. Especially the scene when she tr when she threw the um, TV with the baby and she mm -hmm. just threw the, the TV set. I mean, that was so emotional and the whole cinema went like, oh wow. And we felt it. I was like, you know what? I would love to meet maybe Lee Daniel and maybe and asking this question. And can you tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up in Philly and the experience and as a child or something? It's really the movie, you know, this precious everything, all those nuances are nuances that are very, even the house, in, the house, they don't have homes like this in Harlem, if you really study it, they don't have upstairs, downstairs, that's really a Philadelphia thing, yeah, you, you, yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's the projects in Philadelphia, not the projects in, uh, in, in Harlem, they, it's a one level sort of situation. The ninoleum on the floor and the wallpaper on the wall, the, the Philadelphia sound of music, music that is playing throughout. Uh, there's, 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 there's my childhood that's up on that screen. The fantasy scenes even. Really? Yeah. What were, the, what were some of the other elements of Precious's experience, her life, that you related to when you looked back at your own <clears throat> I think time growing up? I think being different, you know, knowing that I was different, knowing that, you know, that I wasn't from the, I was born in the world that I was in, but I knew that this wasn't me, that this wasn't going to, uh, 
you know, I wanted mice in the house. I remember we had, we had so many mice growing up in the house. There's so many mice. We'd lay on the bed and throw <laughs> cookies to the fucking mice that were on the floor. It was crazy. Um, and, uh, but I, we had so many cats that, in here that we couldn't have mice, sort of contradiction. So, yeah, m my DNA is all up in there. Uh, what are you doing next? I mean, besides going to L.A. tomorrow and walking, what are you wearing on Sunday? And then what are you doing? Uh, Tom Ford. Tom Ford. I'm wearing Tom Ford. Uh, and I'm, um, I, why do you laugh? Why are you or, laughing? Tom Ford has a very good movie out right now. He's a fat, genius movie out. Yeah. Out, that's off the Richter. Um, um, I'm doing a movie called Selma. I think, I it's hope. Thirty second. What what is this movie about? So uh, I, mean, I don't. I, I mean, Selma, look. But. I mean, I, it, you know, if it all comes together, it's about um, um, a a moment in time between Lyndon Johnson and Martin Luther King, and we delve into the racist as we've never seen him before. It's a war movie, uh, but it's a psychological study into racism, and um, it's I've never done it before. Like that's what's exciting. I've never. It's it's an it's an unLee Daniels film, you know. It's unexpected for me even, so that's the surprise. The last time you were here, you were talking about like butterflies and drag queens and I musical was, uh, and. But color. that's like I'm doing that too. I got the money for that. I got that in development. I'm very excited. You <laughs> Jackman, Lenny Kravitz. I'm very thrilled about that. Butterflies and drag queens. No, it's called um, it's Paris is Burning. It's sort of like a, a take from Paris is Burning and turning that into a musical. Yeah. You know, it's not Jenny's movie, but it's it's sort of like oh, it's a little bit like that. Where is it set? I'm I'm just 80s. It, Paris is Burning started me thinking about it, but it's about drag queens that are um, misfits and the houses and um, and the HIV and theft and and prostitution and music and music music. Beyonce's in it. Yeah, we got we got It's it's a, it's a party. Well, we're out of time, but I encourage you, if you haven't seen Precious, to check it out. Also, I encourage you to uh, check out the Golden Globes this Sunday, where Mr. Lee Daniels will be there, representing for everyone back here in New York, hopefully. And I hope it goes well for you. Thank you. Congratulations on the DGA. Thank you. Best of luck with any other uh, opportunities for accolade that may come your way over the next few weeks. I think they may. And I hope it goes well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thanks Thank you, gentlemen, for coming.